and welcome to Blades Pod. My name is Ben. It's Tuesday, the twentieth of October. Joining me, as always, it is Andrew. How are you, mate? I'm all right, I suppose. Just better than I were Monday and Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprisingly upbeat today. I've got a cup of coffee. I had a good night's sleep. With with many thanks to my daughter for. Uh, just delivering a good night's sleep for the first time in what feels like a long time. So yeah. I'm, I'm comparatively full of beans. Um, do, should we start with some positives? Like, because, you know, obviously uh, a pretty uh, grump inducing result, I would say, against yeah. Fulham and, uh, yeah. and and a lot of negative feelings after that game as well. But I think there's some positives. Do you want, do you want to chuck a few in? Just like, let's, let's start on a high note. I'm just really conscious that, like, uh, last week... <laughs> I think we probably spent about 15 minutes just, I don't know, punching ourselves in the face kind of thing, yeah. didn't we, for various reasons. So, well with me, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, anything, any positive notes you want to start on before we really get into it? Uh, I like the championship. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good competitive league. Uh, now, I mean, obviously, it's, it, the, the biggest thing for me is it's still very, 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 very early, no matter what happens. So mm. anything can happen. I think... Um, we are almost undoubtedly going to be bottom after eight games. I don't expect us to get a point out of the next three. I think positive. I think positive. No, no, this is it. This is it. I'm, I'm getting there. I have to put the negative in to, to sort of get a positive. But um, I think the next three games are actually clouding the view of everything else, if that makes sense. I think because we don't think we're going to get a point in the next three, and they're the three of the most, well, what, three of the top four last season, I think. As a fan base, we're like, that's it, doom and gloom, it's over, blah, blah, blah. We're going to have one point after eight games and yada, yada, yada. I think if we had, like, I don't know, West Ham next, Newcastle, and then, I, don't think the, the, I don't think the mood would be anywhere near as down. I don't know if you agree with that. Mm, yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to know because uh, I guess I guess we've always known that this was the start, haven't we? So I've always, mm. I've always had these games lurking in my mind. But, yeah, I, I think so. I think there'd be a lot of, like, oh, you know, we have to get six points from those hypothetical three games that you just, you know, those fixtures you just rattled off there. So I guess there'd be yeah. some uh, some nerves around it. But no, I, I get you. I get you. But at the same time, it's almost like, well, you know, if, if you're kind of writing those games off and I don't say I'm writing them off, but if we get more than mm. zero points out of those three, that I think that's a very good return, to be honest, from where we yeah. are right now. Then, yeah, potentially. Um, I mean, my positive, and I, I do genuinely feel this, I think that first half was as good as anything we've produced since lockdown and yeah. know, possibly up there with some of our better 45 minutes from last season, the whole of last season, to be honest. I thought it was it was an absolute delight the way that we yeah. used the ball, created chances. Obviously, huge caveats to go alongside that, which we'll definitely get into. But, you know, that was, that was an excellent 45 minutes and uh, with a bit more quality and composure... Uh, we're probably sat here feeling pretty upbeat about the whole situation, mm. to be honest. But I messaged my dad and I said, if we'd have got uh, even three or four points on the ball by this point, this were half time, I'd be really enjoying this match. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, and, and you know, this is where we're going to segue away from positives. As great as that first half was, <laughs> I hated every minute of it because we weren't scoring the goals that yep. uh, I thought we probably needed. And um, yeah, I was like, well, this is all set up to be the most annoying home defeat since that uh, Bristol City one in the Championship, where we hit the woodwork four times and got sucker punched in the uh, in the 90th minute by uh, Wednesday legend Aidan Flint. So um, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So, but all the same, it was a good half, which we will get into in more detail. Um, 
Yeah. So, so I think the thing is as well with that, that first half. I mean, sorry, the, even the game as a whole. I think I think things are going against us as well. It's not all us just being rubbish or anything like that. I think last season one of those chances goes in, doesn't it? And then mm. we probably hold on because I think Fulham are desperate. And it's the same as the Villa thing. The penalty goes in. It's a different game. And it's those little fine margins that this is what we got for us last season. Because we won most games last season by the odd goal, didn't we? We weren't really hammering teams. Yeah, almost, Burnley, almost I think, all. I think, yeah, Burnley, Chelsea and Spurs. And again, we won by more than two goals, I think. Yeah, Spurs, sorry, yeah well, I forgot about Spurs, actually. Yeah, I'm going to say only Burnley and Chelsea that came to my, came to my head. Most of them were like one nilers or, you know, two ones or whatever. Or we got a draw and stuff like that away from home and stuff. And uh, I think last season, one of those chances goes in, we win one nil. But it's just the way the tides turned, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you... You would figure that if we play like that in every first half, then uh, we will have more joy than uh, than misery. But we've yeah. actually got the same. I don't know if this is true because I didn't watch the game yesterday. But before yesterday, we had the same next year's Leeds. Leeds have scored nine goals. We've got two. Yeah, I think we I think we had more than them when we played them actually. Um, yeah. you know, even though they had seven goals at that point and zero. Um, so about the team because I think there is a lot to say about it. Mm. And uh, and the first time in a. a, a Probably three or four games that I looked at and gone, that's quite a strong team. I like, I like the look of that team. I feel more confident looking at the team than. Uh... Oh, far more than against Arsenal. Yeah, when I looked at that team against Arsenal or, or Leeds, even the same team, I was like, whoa, that looks a bit of a championship team. I think it looked a lot stronger, didn't I? Yeah, certainly on paper, and certainly how it panned out uh, in the first half, uh, at least. Um, Egan mercifully available. Uh, this was a question mark all week, but we were given a. A bit of a heads up with uh, with Tierney um, getting the clearance to play for Arsenal the day before, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So that was that was handy. Uh, no more self isolation for him. Uh, McGoldrick surprisingly available. Um, I think he what did he play like sixty three minutes something like that. I believe he was eventually taken off a of Brewster. Yeah. Um, but yes, a surprise inclusion because all all indications were, were that he had a muscle injury that was going to put him out for probably a month or so. Um, yeah. I guess the uh, Norwood comes back in as well, which was what I wanted to see, and that mm. moved Berger onto the right and Lundstrom onto the left, which uh, didn't work at all when he did that against Aston Villa last season, no. but I thought did did work, particularly in this first half. I thought he did um, a much better job on the left side, Lundstrom, than uh, yeah, he did, he did in, that, yeah. in that Villa game, uh, Yeah, particularly in the first half. So I say the big thing, uh, which you, you'd kind of uh, posited before, Ender at left centre-back, uh, mm instead of Jack Robinson and Max Lowe getting a debut out on the left wing. And um, yeah, that was, uh, I was really looking forward to seeing how that works. And then... Well, I think it was a team set up to win. And I don't mean that we set up to lose before, but I mean, we sort of sacrificed possibly defensive solidarity with uh, Max Lowe and uh, Stevens, you know, playing on the left-hand side. We all know Lowe's better at attacking than defending, or that, that's what the Derby fans say anyway. Mm. And Stevens, obviously, is not centre-half, but we all know he can get forward better than Jack Robinson can. So I think it was a team set up, right, this is it, three points, come on. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, positive, uh, positive intent for sure. Um, Brewster on the bench was disappointing. But mm. it sounds like um, he would only have been good for about 50 minutes anyway from what Wilder yeah. said afterwards. I mean, in hindsight, you think with the chances we had. <laughs> oh, my God. I was. Uh, would, he, yeah. would he have been the man to play for those 50 minutes and just take him off? But obviously it's hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You generally expect games to open up in the second half, don't you? Not uh, not the first half, as was the case here. Um, so th- that bold, boldish experience. I mean, the, the Stevens thing, we tried, we, you know, that we tried that to good effect, I would say. 
in the championship, but mm. uh, big difference between being one of the best teams in the championship and being right now yeah. one of the worst teams in the Premier League. Um, yeah. You know, it, it wasn't all like total success with Stevens there, I think, in the championship. No, Bristol City game he played there and we got, yes. I mean, it wasn't his fault, it was more Marvin Johnson, that, to be <laughs> fair, than, than Ender. But, but yeah, we got, got torn apart a little bit, didn't we, in that game, I think. Yeah, particularly in that zone, didn't we, in that left yeah. centre back area. I think that was. What happened there? I think O'Connell went off injured, didn't he? And Stevens slotted That's right, in. yeah. We put, put Johnson on and then Stevens to let, and then they just all... But again, I think two of those goals were Johnson's fault. Yes, he, he, he did not have a particularly good game at <laughs> all. All, uh, yeah. all. All Marv, that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this, this, you know, slightly experimental uh, approach, I suppose. Fell apart after a whole 90 seconds when uh, Max Lowe headed the back of Loftus-Cheek's cheek, I suppose. And yeah. uh, gets a concussion. He plays on for another 15 minutes. Um, but, it, 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 I mean, it wasn't super obvious that he was concussed, but he did, at various points, just pass it straight to them, didn't he? They almost... It actually you know, led... I didn't realise he was concussed. I, I was like, what are you doing? I was rubbish, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did one that set up a counter-attack for them, which actually ended up being one of our better chances of the half because yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Basham nicks it back immediately. But... I, and I, certainly not United are alone in doing this, but I do wish generally as a as football would just be more upfront about concussions. Like he's he, you can't run into the back of someone's head like that and not get concussed. Like yeah. he should have come off straight away. You can't you can't play through a concussion. And you know, we jump ahead. Do you think Brewster might have been concussed in the second half as well? I won't be at all surprised to learn that he was because he basically did exactly the same thing mm. and yeah, gets flattened. And yeah, I don't think uh, his you know his involvement was particularly affected. I guess because I don't know, it wasn't like we were laying the ball to him time after yeah, time. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I won't be at all surprised to learn that he was. I mean, hopefully Lowe is all right. Just um, yeah, it's just. It just made me think, like, you know, it's just so typical of what's been happening this season of, like, 90 seconds into this guy's Premier League debut, yeah. gets, gets wiped out. You know, it made me think that, that must be why we've left Brewster on the bench, just protect him at all yeah, costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> protect the asset. Um, <laughs> Fulham... Just play him all season. <laughs> yeah. Loftus-Cheek straight in for them. Uh, Ada Rabayo makes his debut as well. I've written down the phonetic pronunciation of that. So Brilliant. Like, so I, can... I pronounced the well. Everyone was laughing about hyperbole last week, didn't I? By the way, it's all about I, the hyperbole. I did. I had no idea that was not pronounced like that. This is. This reminds me of my mate. I was going massive tangent there. Sorry. <laughs> uh, reminds me of my mate. We used to say scenario like that. So mm. that's all right. I thought segue was Sieg till I was about thirty-three. So. Really, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, do you know what though? I did. I looked at a bit of research. This is so boring. This, and um, and it, um, it's, it's actually a Greek. It's from a Greek. It's a Greek word. So and Bollock's Greek as well. So you know, you do the math. He is, but yeah, they were talking up Bollock's chances of uh, yeah. Greek citizenship is is on the way. I don't want that to happen for a number of reasons. That, but I would have to get a view from in Greek. Uh, <laughs> and is another player away on international duty more importantly? Yeah, well, I guess actually we haven't mentioned this, but. Um... The reason Lundstrom was playing left midfield is, of course, Fleck gets injured for Scotland, as we mentioned, and he's out for four to six weeks, according to. I've Wilder. got a positive about that. Go on. We should get a, a like a, a positive klaxon going on. Um, he's going to be out for four to six weeks. If you bear in mind, with the next three hours, we're probably going to lose anyway, and then it's an international break. He probably is going to be back. Bef- you know, because he's going to miss four weeks. He, sh- he could be back for the West Ham game. 
I like your thinking, and also presumably will be out for for Scotland as a yeah, result. Yeah, he's of that. not in the Scotland squad. So you imagine that you know the next three right, would he have yeah. made that much of a difference? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we beat Chelsea. Was born on the team last time, so it's not a bad shout. So yeah, what's that? Twenty-one. Yeah, so it's a month, isn't it? The West Ham game yeah. month, month tomorrow, and then West Brom after that. Yeah, from getting back for those two games or, or around that period of, of much more. Uh, winnable fixtures, I'd say, even acknowledging the fact we haven't won a single game so far this season, then yeah, that would be beneficial. Um, I mean, I think this this game just emphasised all our problems at the moment. I mean, our, our sort of our, our process of you know trying to win games is kind of okay. It's it's not good, but it's okay. But but we we can't or don't finish, so we don't get the first goal, and then every other team has like three or four tricky dribblers who will do something eventually. That's it, yeah. Or, or we're just not solid enough to go 90 minutes without allowing, like, one moment of, you know, where the t- opposition gets through or, you know, we just can't sustain the intensity for more than 70 minutes. And I think that's possibly where the, the crowd makes such a big difference, I think, if, you know, playing in mm-hmm. empty stadiums. But, yeah, th- I mean, that that essentially is the pattern of this game and is, is all our problems at the moment. Do you, do you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think Norwood were pivotal in both halves, to be honest. Mm. I think we saw the best and worst of him, to be honest. I think the first half, tactically, were fantastic. You know, just like the positioning, picking up the ball, as we know he can do. You know, he, he really good on the ball. And you, I think the first half, we're all sat there going, why is this guy not being played? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. I, mean? I think second half, when it got stretched, and we'll come on to the possible reasons behind that, obviously, later, but... I think he's a real weak link in that sort of when a game gets like that. Do you know when a game gets stretched? I think his lack of speed and physicality really shows up. And I think when when things are in control and we're getting overloads and we're, and we're going forward and we you know we're, we're the dominant side, Norwood's pivotal in that. It keeps everything ticking over. I think he's better than Berg in that role uh, mm. when, when we're completely on top. I think when the game stretch or the other team are getting on top that's where he shows his weaknesses and I think that's what happened in the second half I think we pushed far too far we were just like almost all out attack at one point in the second half without actually creating an attack yeah yeah that's a good way of putting it um yeah I mean you know they had a couple of chances uh we will get to second half in more detail but you know where it's like we just put a cross in it gets cleared and suddenly it's like four on two or something like yeah, that yeah, it was so overcommitted three or four times that and and I was thinking I mean, I've read since like people saying, "Oh, we need to stop this negative approach." It's like that was not negative. That was the complete opposite. That was, if anything, that was too gung up. Almost like the old Wilder when we used to put a striker when we went down to ten men and stuff. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. sort of we would up for me. We were too open. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I will say uh, I'm pretty worried now. Like having watched this game, I definitely my overall takeaway is like, yeah, I'm I'm really quite concerned about where our season's going now. I know it's yeah. I'm sure this is, there's probably people out there going like, well, duh, <laughs> like, one, <laughs> yeah, one point yeah. from five games. Like, what do you expect? But, you know, I was definitely in the kind of like, uh, keep my powder dry, I guess, so we have a bigger mm-hmm. sample. But yeah, I just, I think someone's going to have to step up or it's going to be a really hard season. I mean, I, I was thinking about this, our two most unique players, as in two players who do something different that teams have to like worry themselves about, yeah. are, I would say, O'Connell and Moose. O'Connell's mm. skill set is so unique. You know, you can you can say you know you can sort of justifiably say like maybe he didn't get forward as much as uh, we would have liked last season, but I think mm. circumstances necessitated that. Yeah. Um, and and Musa obviously is just a sort of uh, you know almost lightning in a bottle type player. We don't have anyone else like that. One's done for the year, and you know who knows when the other one will be properly available. I think mm. the only other player that kind of fits that mold is Basham. 
And I agree. Know, uh, yeah, I, t- I think while well, we're playing three five two, yeah, I, I yeah. think he's it's weird that he's one of the most creative players, isn't he? Really, he is, and I thought he was absolutely tremendous in certain, again first half of this one. But it's I mean, it's asking a hell of a lot for your whatever he is, well, a thirty three year old centre back to yeah. be your main creative, you know, the main player that the opposition have to worry about. Um, and, and that's that's the worry for me is that everybody else is is kind of structured at the moment. We don't know if you know someone like. Brewster or Bogle, for example, are even low. You know, we only mm. saw ninety seconds properly of him in this one. If these are players that can do something like Adamola Luckman can, like Loftus Cheek can, like Angisa, like Kenny. I think every other team in the league pretty much. I mean, I even looked at West Brom yesterday. Their team and they've got Dina Nagana and uh, Piera, <laughs> who are two players who, again, are the two players that I don't think we have. Yeah, and I, I get this is this is kind of the. Uh, What's the way of putting this? You know, this this is kind of the way we've we've made our bed, I suppose, isn't it? Of like, mm. you know, this is the, this is both the blessing and the and the curse, if you like, the strength and the weakness. We, you know, tactical strength, very kind of disciplined, structured way of playing. That's that's what's been successful for us. But right now, we need someone with a bit of magic, I think, to help get us out of this rut. And I'm I'm just not seeing it at the moment because I think, as I say, two of those three players who give you that something a bit different or out for, you know, who knows how long. Um, I was talking yesterday, actually, and I said, like, if you look at it from last season, so many, it's so different. We've got, obviously lost Anderson. I thought Ramsdale were really good yesterday, but we've obviously lost Anderson, lost O'Connell, lost Fleck, lost Moose. They're four players who, when we were on fire last season, were, were absolutely incredible for us. Yeah. It's it's a big loss. And, uh, yeah, we, we don't have... I mean, I look, I look at Fulham and it's like... I mean, they just tactically, it's, it's not even close to what we have, if you like. You know, the, the level uh, of like. This is what's so frustrating. I, I don't. I think we are struggling from a lack of quality rather than a lack. Everyone's obviously going to blame Wilder and stuff and say, why has he done this? Why is he not doing this? And we will probably come on to things that we think should happen as well. But it, it, I think it is about the players themselves. And so you could argue that, you know, he's had, a, he's had money to spend and stuff. But. When you've got Fulham spending whatever it is, hundred grand a week on Ruben Loftus Cheek, I do have sympathy for him. Yeah, just uh, you know, individual quality. I think Fulham just had more of it, mm. um, and and that ultimately told as the game went on. I suppose. Um, so let's, let's talk about that first half. I mean, as I said, it was great. I hated it, but it was great. <laughs> uh, you know, it was just it was pretty much just complete domination from us, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. We only I was surprised to see this. We only had four shots inside the box. Because it felt like every two minutes we had a chance, basically. Yeah, they were they were a spell from what about minute fifteen to about the thirtieth minute, like a fifteen minute spell where we just attack, attack, attack. They were like last. We weren't even like last season. It reminded me of a championship game actually. You and we used to absolutely dominate teams. Yeah, well, that was it. I was sat there going, "Oh, this is you know the the golfing class between these two teams." Like I was, this is just really satisfying to see. But obviously, mm. every cross that just evades someone, every chance you know called back for offside every scuffed header or scuffed shot every save from the keeper are just getting more and more frustrated I mean Fulham had a few pot shots but they had had zero shots inside the box in the first half we were so comfortable it was really good to see but ah the chances I mean McBurney heads that one wide after the one I mentioned where Basham wins it yeah Uh, it was fantastic, yeah. Not an easy chance, but you sort of think, come no, on, No, I, mean, I don't know what commentary you were listening to, but Rob Green was doing the one hour on, and um, he said, oh, he should be scoring there. And I thought it were a difficult chance, to be fair, that one. Yeah, but 
get it on target, please. Yeah, that's least. true. You should have definitely got it on target. Yeah. And the the sort of speed of the move means it probably would have uh, yeah would have caused problems. I think if it's on target. Mm. Yeah, I, I had Rob Rob Green as well who. Uh, he kept calling Adamola Luckman Adabola Luckman. Uh, in fact, they both did, um, and really struggled to uh, say Loftus Cheek. Did you notice this? I didn't notice this. No, actually, yeah, we had. Uh, I think he had Croftus Leak at one point and uh, Loftus, <laughs> Loftus Creek, um, which which is weird because I'm pretty sure they played together. I think he was talking about how he uh, how he yeah, played he did, with him. Yeah, at, uh, yeah, Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea, yeah. So that's very yeah. bizarre. Anyway, uh, what was that about? Uh, oh yeah, Stevens had that good chance. Well, mm. a, a good counter attack when it. Um, just the yeah, uh, Basham had a good opportunity from a pullback. I thought, um, you know, Berger was just absolutely in his element on the right. I thought, I just, yeah. I really like having. And this him is what I meant with Norwood. I, I think you're looking at it saying, why is why have we not been playing this team? <laughs> mm. I just think, I think he's a really good passer and crosser, Berger, and I want him, I want him crossing the ball into the box like as many times as possible. Basically, yeah. just. He seems to find a man like almost every time, and yeah. in in good ways as well. I mean, he did have one that he sort of fizzed over McGoldrick's head, which would have been a, yeah. a good opportunity. The back stick. The one bit where she did frustrate him with Berger actually, he's running with the ball, brilliant run, and then he's got to lay it off quicker to McBurney. I don't know if you remember this. McBurney mm. shouting his head off, and yeah, yeah. But other than that, yeah, I'm Pete. I'm nitpicking because I thought it were absolutely phenomenal first half, to be honest. Yeah, he had a good uh, good run and shot from the edge of the box. Lundstrom did likewise as well, which is quite mm. unusual for us to do, but yeah, nice to see. Um, I mean, just generally, some of the interplay around the box was just a delight. I thought, like you know, yeah. it, it reminded me of um, basic. Well, like you said, when we were in the championship, where we had Mark Duffy, where he would just yeah stand on the ball and wait for the perfect moment to just slip a little through ball around the side or you know between the centre backs and someone runs onto it and. We did that loads of times. And it that was, was Sheffield United. That, that's what I mm. want to see. I, I, and do you know what? If we go down and we play like that for 60, 70 minutes of a game, I, I, obviously back against Liverpool and teams like that, but, you know, I'd take my hat off to them because it's all a little bit Norwich, don't get me wrong, like, <laughs> you know, uh, oh, we play fantastic football. But it's nice to see. It. We're re- frustrating, really, really frustrating. But what I did like about it is that they weren't just signs that we were back to what we were. That was us last season. Yeah, oh, for a quality finish. Um, McBurney is killing me. He is. Uh, that header from the, I think it was another Basham cross when it was good, good work yeah. by Berger. Another on the great right. cross from Basham, actually. Yeah, he could easily have had two assists and uh, McBurney could easily have had two goals. And yeah, this is just, I mean, we, we need these chances to go in. We can't be doing this. It's, we it's, need... it's a shoulder almost, doesn't it? I know, and. Well, you know, we've talked before about him not getting a good contact on stuff, and he does sort of, you know, whiff a few headers, if you like, you know, proper swing and a miss stuff. And it's it's annoying because we saw him last season. You know, he absolutely buried that header against Chelsea, like yeah. absolutely fantastic header, gave the keeper yeah. no chance at all. It's got to be then, confidence on it. I think I think when you're doing the you're rushing things, he probably went too early with the head and and he's missed it and. Yeah, you know, it's, that's why he's hit him on the shoulder. Uh, funnily enough, as much as we've sort of, I wouldn't say we've criticised him to to think, but we've all said about oh, Billy Sharp, you know, we don't want him playing many games. He probably got an hat trick in that first half, couldn't he? If he'd been on the pitch, he probably would have done. Yeah, it's just I I can't defend. It's just indefensible that like, yeah. you know, it's not like the cross is deflected. It's not it's not a surprising cross, and he gets a you know he gets a run on it. It's it's perfect. I think he gets any contact on it. It's in, even if even the direction he puts it in, because I think it'd be too strong for the keeper to handle. Yeah, but it. And he did another one in the second half, which was flagged for offside, which was straight at the goal. It was another poor header. 
Yeah, um, he he also he, in the first off he sliced one wide from an offside Stevens cross. It did. Yeah, it did, it did occur to me that he probably uh, owes as much to offside flags this weekend as uh, Jordan Pickford did because <laughs> if uh, if if both of those chances were actually onside, then I think we're. <laughs> I think he's All having... I can think of when he missing these chances is, oh, this he's going to get hammered for this. <laughs> Can we keep him away from Scotland? It's probably not helping him, isn't it? That like every month or so he has to go and just get like slagged off by every think, Scottish yeah. person. And I think in it's obvious that towards the end, before lockdown, and even after lockdown, he were playing like a person in confidence. He weren't brilliant. He weren't sort of you know every week nine out of ten performances or anything. But he played like a player who. But getting to grips, I think at the moment he looks like... I won't say his head's down, but he looks like someone who's low on confidence. In front of goal, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he, he didn't shy away, I would no, say. No, 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 um, no, no, not at all. I've had to, I, honestly, I'm about to bring that up. I, I wrote exactly the same thing down here. didn't shy away from the uh, from, from the ball and stuff. He kept coming, especially when Sharp came on, he had to come a bit deeper. Mm. Um, but just in front of goal, you just you went back. This is the oh, this is the thing. All our strikers, as we said, all got attributes... That are really good. You've got Didzi with his old up play, McBurney obviously in the air, Musa with his pace and whatever, Burt with his pace. But the bad side of the game is sort of outweighing the good side. And I think, you know, we know we know Dizzy's not gonna get twenty a season. McBurney, just on the evidence of him playing for us, is not has not been a good finisher for us overall. He's got six goals, which is not enough. Billy Sharp's still the only player in our entire squad other than Bruce I've not seen, who if he's clean through on goal, I expect to score. Yeah, even even he missed a few at the end of last season, didn't he? Did. he? I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that if you're saying like, right, what striker you're back in here to score if he's clean through, you'd put Billy there, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, he probably would. Yeah, um, I just I just thought like all you know we went through that stretch last season where all our best chances fell to McGoldrick, and he uh, yeah, well, either couldn't hit a barn door or he uh, just smashed it straight at the goalkeeper or something mm-hmm. like that. And, this is kind of how I felt this weekend. It's like, oh, why are all these chances coming to him at Burnie? Like, McGoldrick's actually in decent yeah, goal-scoring form. form. Yeah. 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 Or it feels like it. Anyway, it feels like he might take the chance. Um, he said something I was going to pick up on. Oh, yeah, Burke. Absent. Any? Was there any word on him? Oh, sorry, he was on the bench. But he was on the bench, him. yeah. He was on no. the bench, yeah. Slightly surprised that he did not come on at any point. I, I mean, I thought that because the game was so stretched and stuff. Mm. But I think, did Billy Short come on after... Sharp was the final substitution. Did he come on after the goal, their goal? Yes, he came on for Basham. I suppose that sort of makes sense. You're expecting that, yeah, you're expecting maybe Fulham to go a bit deeper and maybe Burke's pace is not, you know, it's maybe. not going to work if they're going a bit deeper and Sharp's a bit more of a poacher. And I suppose you could argue it did work, but I hate that swap, I have to admit. You know, Bash off, Sharp on. It's kind of the, the standard thing. I mean... Well, we'll get to whether we think it worked or not, I suppose. I mean, we got a one-all draw out of it, but we'll get to that. Um, one other thing in this first half that I thought just, again, just summed up where we're at at the moment. Um, long throw from Jack Robinson. McBurney misses it. The ball bounce, The ball literally bounces in their six-yard box. Yeah. We can't, we can't tap it in. Like, McBurney misses the header. Egan's not expecting it. I, I it- can't believe that. That's, that's when I shouted for the first time. Well, might come on to it later, but a bad experience. I, I hated watching the game as a whole. The, the worst post-lockdown experience I've had in terms of I just sat on my bed with a laptop on my own watching a game in an empty stadium, uh, which is supposed to be a big game, and it really hard to motivate myself. Because even the Leeds games and stuff, I've watched it with either you know mates or my dad or whatever, you know, the, the post-lockdown games. Mm. 
and this was the first one I've ever like just sort of watched on my own on a laptop almost like a pre-season friendly and it was just like <sighs> but that was the the most I jumped up actually that throw because I thought but this has got to go in it's just like <laughs> just bouncing around someone's got to put it in yeah yeah I, I, I don't really, I almost don't want to dwell on the uh the the match watching experience obviously the yeah. first uh our first of undoubtedly many games on on pay-per-view I mean you you um you sent me a good line actually afterwards about how uh what was it you said? It's like it's still like watching preseason games, except we might end up relegated from them. That's it for me. I'm I'm nervous in games and stuff. Don't get me wrong. You're thinking because you know it means something, but because I'm not with anyone watching it, and I'm not sort of. I mean, it's not the same, is it? It's just it's really difficult. But I mean, I've watched games on streams before where I can't get to a match, and I, and I've sort of. But but the stadium's being full. You feel more engaged, I think, and you know the players run into the fans, and you think, oh, here we go. It's just so sterile, isn't it? And obviously, we'll, we've talked about this every week, so we probably shouldn't, shouldn't really dwell on it again. But yeah, really at home, I think more than anything this week, because even the other games I've watched for other people, and obviously you can't at the moment. Mm. So it, it was just like quite a, a lonely experience. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard hard viewing for sure. Um, and on that on that bright note, um, let's talk mm. about the second half. Three. Which is woeful. First ten minutes, I thought we started well again. <laughs> Yeah, we had uh, a couple of good bursts, didn't we? We had that McBurney offside chance that you mentioned. Um, mm. I feel like Berger and Basham got in down the right a couple more times. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, here we go. We, we're carrying on where we left off. A goal is absolutely, you know, we're so much better than Fulham. Yeah. You know, they, they just don't have an answer to what we're doing at all. Um, and then just, we just stopped. We lost all control. It was, it was like I would say, the last half an hour, absolutely woeful. And yeah. And really worrying, and that's why ultimately I feel super negative about the end result and the end performance from this one. I mean, I was quite in- actually, I was quite happy at the end result in terms of I did, didn't see a single way we'd get back into that game. And I think for me, that's why I was like d- disappointed. Like, obviously, I'd have been really much more down if we'd lost, but I just. At the end, I was like, "Well, we, you know, we kind of didn't deserve that." In the end, I, I'd gone from thinking we're hammering these. How are we not winning? Like, we should be two or three goals up. To we, we, we deserve nothing because of that second half. And you know, I, I guess if you're a negative Fulham fan, maybe you could say we were really lucky to still be in the game or something like that. But you know, the longer the game goes on at nil nil, and then you start to dominate yourselves as they did, I think they really should think that they dropped two points in the yeah. end. I mean. We had, in the second half, one shot inside the box that wasn't the penalty. Fulham had eight, excluding their penalty. Mm. You know, we had we did have those two good chances that wouldn't have counted you to offside. Um, yeah. Sharp, Sharp had that one late on as well that um, Areola saved really well. But we're at, How many times were we offside, by the way? <laughs> yeah, quite a lot. Um, I mean, you know, some of that was through good play, I think. I kind of mm. give that a pass. Like, the one that ended up being... It was turned in by uh, Adarabayo in the first yeah. half where... I thought Berger was actually like two meters offside, and then you look at yeah. it, and you know the guy's back leg—it was probably only what like a foot or something like that. In yeah. the end, it was it yeah. was really close. But yeah, second well, half. I want to bring up. Sorry, I'm just yeah, on, on. those throwings with Baldock and Berger were just oh so my god! What the hell? How can they I not don't do know that? what was going on? It's just, and they did it last season as well. Like I understand that we haven't had much time to train together because of all these stupid internationals, but. It's like, come on, just pass it back to him. I, I, I almost, I've almost reached the stage where Berger's doing it on purpose to try and like fire Baldock <laughs> up, like, to yeah. try and cheese him out. 
it's like the third time it happened. I was like, what, is this some sort of joke that I'm not involved in? Like, is this like a tactic? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like try and give Fulham a throw in instead of us because we'll nick it off them. It's like with the, it's like when um, Rory Delap was at his peak and the keeper used to kick it out for a throw in uh, for a corner instead <laughs> yeah. of a throw in. That's yeah. uh, it's, it's some extreme galaxy Talking brain of stuff. That's another bad thing. How bad were his throws in? It wasn't really his fault. He just lobs it in, but it just meat and drink, weren't it, for the keeper? Oh, Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were outshot eleven to four in the second half. Uh, Fulham more attacking third passes they had almost double the amount of take-ons almost double the amount of crosses they were so on top we completely lost the midfield I mean I thought Anguisa just completely bossed it Mm. Uh, he had the most ball recoveries of any player I thought him uh, Anthony Robinson Cavalera Loftus-Cheek Luckman they just they were powering forward and we just had absolutely no answer to it at all people talk about fitness aren't they like I've seen a few people say oh fitness levels are rubbish and stuff I don't know. I really, really don't know. I can't really work out. I mean, you've got to give credit to Fulham. They obviously highlighted, uh, right, a lot of this stuff's coming through Norwood, let's press on him, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I've took Norwood off in that second half, to be honest, um, yeah. and, and, and changed it in that way, rather than doing the, the Basham thing. I even put, you know, mad, and I don't want to see him in the Premier League. They've even put Basham in midfield if you're going to do that. At least we've got someone there who can keep up with the Fulham players, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, I, I don't know if it's... I mean, look, Berger's... Uh, what did he do? He, he played every every minute yeah. of... Um, excuse me, all three internationals, including one that went to extra time. So, yeah. you know, you give him a pass for that kind of thing. I, I just I just don't know if we have the players to keep up with them, if you like. You know, when we're, when we're over-committed to that extent... Yeah. Um, and I think this is where... It's what everyone said was going to happen. It's what Steve Nichols said last season. It's just a <laughs> yeah. season too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bugger. Um, I think you could definitely make a case for Ampadu as well, like just coming in yeah. and sitting in midfield. I mean, Talking of Ampadu, I, I just think mm. it's time to you play your best players, and for me, Ampadu is better than Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Even if uh, they're playing that left-hand side. Robinson's not doing any overlapping. We're not getting any overloads on that, that side, so I don't see... What harm it is putting Ampadu in there, even if he has to cut in on his, on his wrong side. We know he's better on the ball anyway. Mm. Yeah, I, just, for... I mean, I mean, there's, there's another thing we could do. We could keep the three at the back and sort of have Ampadu as a as the central defender. I have been thinking about this and maybe Egan on the right, and because Ampadu can come out with the ball and maybe do it in a different way like that. It it you'd mean there's no point of Norwood being there really because there'd be no point of anyone coming to collect the ball, if you know what I mean. But, you know, just like Ampadu sort of driving out from the centre-back position rather than the overlapping. I don't know. Just trying to work out how we can get out of this, really. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see his role with this again. I mean, it's probably, you know, a, a negligible difference, mm. no matter, you know, rearranging the deck chairs on the yeah, Titanic yeah, against yeah. Uh, Liverpool, etc. Yeah, not to yeah. not to uh, be too I defeated. I'm doing but... against Liverpool just on the basis of being a better defender if it's presuming Lowe's out of concussion I think it's seven day protocol I think uh, I, I put Ampadu in and Stevens back to left wing back yeah I think just to be clear what I'm saying there actually um, I'm not saying like uh, just you know completely write that, that game off you know play the reserves I just think like <laughs> I think it's it, you know no matter what you do at the back it's probably not going to make a huge difference no, I to agree. I agree. chances of winning you know it's probably like a 1% shift in either direction that kind yeah. of thing um yeah, I mean, I, I, we need to find an answer to teams having good individuals because they all do. Mm. And, uh, you yeah. know, we, we can't spend the last 20 minutes sprinting back towards our own goal while they've got four players ahead of us, that kind of thing. That's 
you know, that's that's a recipe for disaster. And well, I think all the stuff about you know people have been saying about why why don't we go more positive and why don't we go more. Well, I think you, you're probably there. Look, Wilder will be looking at that in the second half and saying, well, that's why we've not been you know, quite as gung-ho as you might want us to be because we get absolutely destroyed in, in terms of pace and power. Yeah, which, yeah, it's, it's frustrating because that's what, uh, that's what we need. That's what we needed for a long time. And uh, I don't know if we've added that. I think Burke gives us that to an extent. Um, you know, you hope Brewster is a little bit of that. Bogle supposed to be as well, low yeah. perhaps. So... But yeah, in in that sense, yeah, we all know we lack pace. Even last season, when we were fantastic, and I don't think we've addressed that. Maybe we have with the Derby, Derby kids coming in, and then uh, as you say, with Burke and stuff. But that midfield, I mean, Lundstrom in that second half, I, did he touch it? I didn't notice him. No, it's good. I thought he was really good in the first half, and then yeah, just uh, I honestly don't remember seeing him to be honest in the second no. half. Um, so the big events of that second half. Uh, I think Jack Robinson with the the worst handball since uh, Jagielka. Jagielka was the one that sprang to mind. Jay McEverly did a really stupid one oh, against yes, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Jack O'Connell did a really dumb one away at Millwall in that League One season. Was it O'Connell? Pretty sure it was. Mm, yeah, he did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. what the hell was going on here? Explain this one to me. I was so angry because, to be honest, what what minute were this? Uh, it's about 60 something like that I, I, for me at that point Fulham weren't on top it were after this pen that they yeah, got on top yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. thinking all that work and, he, and he's throwing it away by just doing something absolutely ridiculous I've said before about Jack Robinson I mean, just, I'm just I'm just going to clarify this uh, before I make a fool of myself <laughs> as a centre half uh, how tall is he? <laughs> not very no for a set I can't get the thing at 1.8 metres I don't work in those sort of Metric, so uh, but yeah, say, yeah, as a centre half, it's five foot eleven. That's not big, is it? I, I feel that we lose so much when O'Connell's not there yeah. in terms of this is why I also another game we he's not the biggest player, but he's, he's certainly bigger than, or stronger at least it seems than uh, Robinson. The amount of chances Mitrovic had in that second half towards the end on that side, it's always that side. Bamford scored from that side. Uh, the, the corner, obviously. I mean, obviously against Villa that he wasn't on the pitch, Robinson. That that came from uh, out, someone out jumping Stevens, although it were O'Connell's fault for missing that first header. Was so small on that side compared to the other, where you've got Basham and even Egan in the centre or whatever. He's more of a right sided player. Hmm. I just feel like we're really, really struggling. Yeah, and uh, you know one of I one think of that's the... why he puts his hand up. He's just not big enough. <laughs> yeah, one of well, one of the players we targeted and talked about before, uh, Terence Congolo of um, Huddersfield, obviously has joined Fulham. So yeah, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was, you know, he was one that had been targeted as uh, a, I don't want to say replacement for O'Connell, but a replacement for this season anyway. Um, it was the 56 minutes, so I think you're absolutely spot yeah. on that, uh, you know, that this kind of uh, tipped the balance of the game, I suppose. Um, I don't, just... You don't really see it like that normally. So another team misses a penalty, it's the opposition who sort of gets, yeah. gets a second win, but it didn't happen. I just, I've no idea what he was doing at all. Um, and and you know, if that goes in and we lose, it's just yet another example of like, are we trying to get relegated? Like, what are we doing? Mm. Are we trying yeah. to just throw away every game at the moment? Oh, I was awful. I mean, and and it, to be honest, uh, it came from a corner that he conceded Robinson due to a poor touch when he was clearing it. He yeah, yeah. he had a, it wasn't easy, but he you know he should have cleared it away from goal, but he takes a bad touch and ends up having to kick it out for a corner, mm. and then yeah, jumps. Uh, 
jumps in a sort of full Superman impression, trying to win a header with his fist, it looks like, and it's just the most obvious handball ever. Yeah. Fortunately, Mitrovic rather generously puts it onto the crossbar and Had a over. Bad day, didn't he, old Mitrovic? <laughs> didn't he just, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, you think like, oh, that's going to be, you know, that's a, a moment for us to uh, to step it up and get back into it, but not all. And eventually, uh, you know, their individual quality, I think, tells with. You know, Luckman gets a he gets a bit of fortune, doesn't he? he turns Berger, yeah. but then he, he essentially plays a one-two with a Basham's thigh runs in, and it's a it's a great finish. To be fair, it just absolutely yeah. powers it in. Um, and yeah, I was Fosigan like, well, saved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like that's you, you know, that's very old Fods, uh, Verips in the team. Yeah, a, a wild Verips appears on the bench. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, this really struck me. I was like, oh, it's taken. It's taken hardly any time at all for me to lose my optimism with United because I was just thinking again, like, I was like, that's it, you know, game over. We've we look completely shot. We've, this was seventy seventh minute. Yeah, we've spent fifteen minutes chasing shadows. I don't really see what's going to change for us. But you know, I Brewster. Mean, let's be honest. After the goal, they could have had another two or three, couldn't they? Easily, um, and we owed quite a lot to uh, to some good saves from Ramsdale, mm. who I thought was uh, outstanding. I mean, he had that one mm. moment where he flapped across and then pulled off a brilliant recovery save. Yeah, yeah, um, completely. Some... I mean, it's a bad mistake, but wow, what, what a recovery that is. I, I'm getting more and more confident with him. And again, I saw someone say something like, look, mate, you're not Henderson, blah, blah, blah. I know he's not Henderson. No one's, we need to stop doing that because... Henderson's one probably at this moment in time England's best goalkeeper. So, but I'm really happy with what what Ramsdale done in the last two or three games. Yeah, same. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's been a lot of ones where it's like a really well hit shot, like straight at him, and you're just mm. thinking it's just absolutely ripe for mis mishandling that yeah. and popping it back into danger, and he's, he's just done it impeccably. Like that Mitrovic free kick in the first half, you know, really powered at him, but. Yeah, he made a. I thought his best save was um, was one that actually would not have counted. Yeah, the one to the left. The one to the left from Kearney, uh, a phenomenal save. Like this is, you know, when it happened in real time, I was like, yeah, good save. And then you watch it again, it's like, no, no, that was absolutely brilliant. Like you know, mm. the ball is right on the floor when he, um, you know, when it reaches the point where he has to make contact with it. It's going in the bottom corner, uh, really well hit. I thought it was a, a brilliant save. But the reason it wouldn't have counted. It's because of a VAR check. We might have had the most bizarre thing here where Fulham was celebrating a 2-0 lead from a fantastic goal. And then... Uh, Everyone turned via... the streams off. That's that. Yeah, okay. yeah. One all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what happens? Uh, I believe it's a corner, isn't it? Um, yeah. And uh, Ariola drops it. I think he... Is it Mitrovic he runs into? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Runs into Mitrovic and drops it. Uh Robinson, uh, Jack Robinson, that is, sort of um, wellies it up in the air and a split second later gets wellied himself by Mitrovic. Mm. Um, and, and eventually the referee uh, you know, stops play from that, that save in that corner, goes to check the monitor and gives a penalty. Did you think they were going to give it? Yeah, I did. He did? Um, I didn't. You, <laughs> and I, I think as soon as he goes to check it, I, I feel like almost every time now, that someone that I've seen someone go to the monitor, they change the decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to say, I don't like this. I don't, yeah. I don't want penalties given for this. I, I think it's, I think it's absolutely stupid. I'm, 
and and I was surprised, pleasantly surprised to hear Wilder kind of say this afterwards. It's like, I'll take it, but I don't like the way football is going. I don't, you know, no. words to the effect of, I don't think that should be a penalty. I mean, it's it's a split second thing. I think that, you know, that happens two years ago. Nobody bats an eyelid. Like afterwards, you know, there'll be a still of like Mitrovic kicking Robinson and, you know, Twitter furore over like, oh, look at this. Yeah. I can't believe, you know, conspiracy. But... I just don't think that should be a foul. Like, no. am I? Are you with me on this? Like, yeah, it's just... completely. And I think it's. I mean, I'm trying to take my United hat off. It, it, how, how horrible is it? As you say, they Fulham would have scored, and then they're cheering. Then no, no, it's a penalty. I just think it takes everything out. I mean, I suppose people say it adds to the excitement, but I don't I like it. it. I don't I like it. it at all. No, I don't. I don't want that to be a penalty. I just think it's stupid and still cheered. But... <laughs> See, I, and this is. It, it, you know, quick 30 seconds on the misery of watching these games at home. I, I didn't, I was like, that's stupid. I, you know, what is this? I, I don't, I just don't understand. I don't, it's, it's not, it's not football. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not enjoying this. I don't, I almost don't care that it's been given. And then Sharp wellies it in and I'm just like, I just sort of shrugged. I hate that so much. I hate I, saying I, I that. Admit, yeah, when they actually, I mean, I, I say I cheered. I was like, I was happy. I didn't, I didn't like, come on, you know what I mean. But yeah, I, yeah, I think it's message you have to say. We scored what three minutes to go, whatever it were, uh, an equaliser in a really important game, and I'm just sat on my bed <laughs> on my own, going, "Wee." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just, sort of, it's just yeah, it's horrible, absolutely horrible. You think about that, Bramall Lane. Although it's still a poor result, you get an equaliser. It's, it's the relief and like you know you're cheering. And that last, I think that last. This is where the crowd does come in. I think that last five minutes is totally different with a crowd as well. I think I think being there, I'd have been absolutely buzzing. I've been like mm. laughing my head off, probably like come on, yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no way we deserve this, but we're back in this game now. Let's go and win it. You know, let's go and nick it. That kind mm. of thing. But just sat at home, you're like, ah, oh, we don't deserve anything out of I this from this second. But you know when you were offside, I didn't realise you were offside at first, and I thought, like, you know that, and I thought, this is dream time. Billy Sharp, two goals off the bench, but obviously we're offside and the keeper saved it anyway. Yeah, that's that's another positive, actually, we should have led with. That's um, Sharp's first Premier League goal at the cop end, obviously. Scored a couple at the other end last season. He's on 99. 99 goals, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, get the, uh, get the 100 and... Uh, 101st, 102nd against Liverpool. That'd be quite nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Sharp does welly in the penalty. In Brilliant. The, uh... I'm not his favourite. He's not my favourite penalty taker ever at United. I think he's had some poor <laughs> ones, but excellent pen, especially under pressure as well. Yeah, it's a, a big moment. You know, Ultimately, yeah. that does win us a point uh, in, a, in a game that we had very much lost any kind of control over. Yeah. Um, and who knows, maybe that point will look good at the end of the season. Maybe it will, you know, make us feel a bit better about ourselves. Get 10 but... points instead of nine. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I'm not a fan of that at all, that, that whole decision. Um, and i got to say, I was just like almost praying for full time at that point because Fulham just kept going. Mitrovic... I thought they were going to win it. I have to admit, I thought they were going to win it for them after that. I think he had two really good chances, didn't I? Yeah, he headed. I think he headed both wide, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, I feel like they had another opportunity as well. But I just, and this is why I was so down at full time. Because I was like, why, why haven't we stopped this? I mean, this has been going on for thirty minutes now, and now we've got a lead. Like, how are we not in like protect this point mode, or how have we not adjusted? I mean, you know. You, so we lose a substitution with with the low injury, obviously, mm. and then uh, you know Brewster comes on before 
the first goal. So we're kind of limiting ourselves as to what we can actually change. But yeah, that was worrying to me that it just felt like we're still going to lose this game, even though we've been handed a, an absolute yeah. lifeline. Um, but yeah, ultimately, we did hang on for a... Uh, I don't know. I mean, you could say... If you look at the overall stats and the XG and that kind of thing, you can say, well, this is a uh, a draw was the right result, but I don't know, man. I didn't feel good about it afterwards. No, no it was but, really disappointing, really gutting. I think that it's a game that we all said, right, we need to win that because of the games we've got coming up and, and obviously. And I think the problem is now is it goes from, I'm going to uh, predict that we're going to lose the next three. So I think that's where it, everything's looking. I think... We've gone from a bad start to a terrible start to a utterly disastrous start. <laughs> now we're, we're, you know, one point. It's probably going to be one point after eight games, and I don't want to write him off and stuff. But you've got to be realistic, I think, and say like, well, you know, we've just got battered in the second half against Fulham. God knows what Liverpool and stuff are going to do to us. But yeah, it's it's the worst possible start, isn't it? Pretty much, I would say. You know, uh, it's it's you know, we play easier teams after these games in theory and I know it's very easy to go like well we've you know we've not beaten any of these easy teams so far but yeah I don't know I think you could also look at our fixtures and be like oh, maybe they're not that easy after all Villa the only team in uh, the big five European leagues with a 100% record after yeah, four or more games yeah relegation by the way if everyone's forgot <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal I think are fifth aren't they at the minute Wolves uh, up there as well they've had a good He's start the greatest team in the world so they are indeed so <laughs> Who knows? Maybe in uh, maybe in a couple of months we look back and go, "Geez, that was a hard start, wasn't it?" And things looking uh, looking better for now. I mean, I should say, a point actually lifted us out of the relegation zone for twenty four hours. It did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was very, take, very a, take a picture of that because you'll never see it again. <laughs> I want to joke. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about a few uh, a few other individuals, mate. Quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch-up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes, and midsoles a deep clean, and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. And if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield, and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans and they've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers. Or if you have a Wednesday fan in need of cheering up, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. Plus, follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. And uh, yeah, I just want to talk uh, briefly about a few individuals that we kind of mentioned already, I suppose. Um the good and bad of Norwood in this game. I mean, I've been crying out for him to be back in the team after the last couple. Um, and the first half, absolutely key. I think he was just like key to everything, to the flow of the game for us, really, wasn't he? Like, mm. you know, good first half, bad second half. I mean, 
I really liked um, some of his passes in the first half where it was like, you know, he, he got it quite far in their half and it was just, he just basically sliced through the midfield straight to one of our attackers who, yeah. you know, turns as a shot, turns, plays a through ball, turns, runs at goal, that kind of thing. We've really lacked that more or less all season, I'd say, but certainly the last yeah. couple of games. Um, and yeah, just that just gave us so much extra and they just couldn't, could not deal with it all, I think. But then in that second half, I mean, it, it, it seems like he's fallen off a cliff physically. Like, am I being harsh? But like, I yeah, it were a bit embarrassing at times, weren't it? I don't, I, I don't mean that. I really don't mean that to sound harsh, but it was. I just think you're looking at fitter players just running. Sorry, stronger, faster players running, just breezing past him. He was just non-existent, weren't he? The the amount of tactical fouls he tried, and he couldn't even do them, could he? Yeah, and you know, even if you, you watch the highlights back, and it's. Uh... You know, there's a lot of desperate lunges where he doesn't quite mm. get to the ball and this kind of thing. It's it's strange. You know, he's he's never been uh, a huge physical presence, but he's been very smart in his positioning and movement. But mm. then maybe, uh, you know, I think this kind of game where it suddenly opens up like that is it's just not his game, is it all anymore? No. And, yeah, I, I do think. I wonder if we have that extra substitution if uh, if he would have come off actually. Um, but yeah, I thought generally we were better for having him in the team because it allowed it also moved Berger out onto the right, who made things better there as well. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know if Liverpool, if that's a game where we are not commit. I mean, that's a part of the problem, isn't it? Is that he was over committing forward positionally, yeah, and he couldn't get back. And against Liverpool, we're very unlikely to do that. I think. You know, we will yeah, be... like I said, I think it just showed the the best and the worst. It's the best mm. in the first half and the worst in the second. It's I don't know. I really, really don't know the answer to that that role. Do you know, like the sort of the holding midfielder role, because you want Norwood there for when we're in control and he's pinging it around. And as you said, you know, we, we're doing things that we've not done all season. But in that second half, if a game gets stretched like that, I think you've got to take him off. Yeah, and uh, yeah, maybe we would have done. Uh, <laughs> I'm loath to do this because I think people focus far too much on the. Uh, Delivery of set pieces and uh, you know the amount of times people actually mm. score from them. Are you going to talk about a particular incident in the second half? It's <laughs> not good, was it? Um, oh. I don't know. I don't know if rolling it back to Berger is the optimum decision there, but it's no. definitely better than just floating across into the box. I thought he was going to go for goal. Um, I did. Do you remember the Ipswich game? We got promoted. Exactly he, that, yeah. That's exactly what I expected, a, a firing shot when he hit the post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead he just sort of floats this ball to the back post where Baldock loses a header to some giant, essentially, like where he had never had a chance at winning it. I mean, I think I, I will generously, if you like, say that he mishit this. I can't believe that was the plan, to clip one to the back post, but... Yeah, that was that it was, was so frustrating. That I was like, oh, you brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what are you doing? Like, what? It was just so, like, just a nothing free kick. It was, and uh, and I'm tying these together here. The other player that uh, is not off the hook just yet, Ollie McBurney, is mm. is the one that wins that free kick because I do just want to say everything apart from using a legal body part to put the ball in the goal is good from McBurney. And I think it has mm. been pretty much all the way through his United career. We need him to score some blooming goals from these chances. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, yeah. I gotta say, there's some a little bit of recency bias here. He hasn't played that much for us this season, into, and and hasn't 
He's not. He's uh, not McGoldrick levels wasting chance after chance. He just had a really that bad second game, start yeah. this season. I think it is, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, and, and a few sort of cameos off the bench. Um, but yeah, I thought everything else is great. You know, he, he wins that free kick by. Uh, he, I think he wins an initial header against uh, Aina or Aina, which commentators mm. were saying he pronounces it differently to his his dad. I think his dad pronounces it Aina. <laughs> And he pronounces it Aina. So, yeah, I thought I thought of you when he said that. It's like he's just done that just to annoy you specifically. Um, I'm going to go with Aina actually. Um, yeah, so he wins that initial header, and then he obviously turns him inside out on the edge of the box, gets fouled. Um, but all the way through the game, I thought he was he was excellent at that kind of thing. You know, link up play. I, I don't like this sort of pegging of him as a a target man, but the fact is he is quite good at it. I mean. He uh, nine out of fourteen aerial duels, which is by far the most. I mean, by comparison, Mitrovic only six out of thirteen. And you know, you definitely think of Mitrovic as that huge physical presence in attack, don't you? But um, I'd like to have a stat though: how many years headers actually go to one of our players? And I don't know if that's his fault or people not getting close enough to him. Mm, I think he had a few though, didn't he? I can think of one yeah, more. Yeah, there were a few decent things. I'll tell you what, he'd make an amazing centre half. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, yeah. On that note, only uh, only Basham made more tackles out of all players on United. He had the second most ball recoveries. Like that's all great, uh, and obviously it does all help the team. But the finishing is just killing me. Um, yeah, yeah you, he's got to take one of those chances uh, in this game, and ultimately that's what leaves us in these these positions we find ourselves in, where we end up playing a fine margin game, and the fine margins go against us at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're not helping ourselves. Um, are there any other United players you particularly want to mention? I mean, Brewster made his debut, but uh, apart from a, like a na- nice little turn around the corner for Stevens, who then why he doesn't fire it across the box to an unmarked burger um, very much confuses me. I think he tries yeah. to tries to return it to Brewster and it gets uh, gets turned away. But yeah, we. We just didn't see anything of him, did we? Um, no, I think Berger were our best player again, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I think that's... Uh, he that's ran out of steam out. in the second half. And people will, On the goal, he sort of leaves his man. I think he's just knackered, to be honest. And I think if we get another sub, we might take him off. But, you know... Yeah. It's, uh, yeah just just sort of... the five subs. That's... <laughs> <laughs> you should have voted, voted him in after all. Um, I do want to say that I thought Kearney was... Magnificent for them. It was, really was, yeah. Um, yeah, one of the better individual performances I can remember while I've been in the Premier League, to be honest. Uh, Strange mo- last time he struggled, didn't he, in the Premier League? Last time he were here, he never really stepped up from his fantastic performances in the Championship. But mm. yeah, you'd have thought he'd have learned from that experience, and he's uh, a lot better now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he's done all season. I haven't really watched much of Fulham, to be honest. Um, but yeah, he, he just. He bossed the game. Most chances created, most passes, most attacking third passes, most crosses attempted and completed. Yeah, he was he was everywhere. I mean, just popping up all over the pitch. And uh, yeah, he was basically doing they what we needed. really good individual quality for him. Mm. He's got yeah. a manager. Yeah, yeah. It's nice when you can plug in Loftus-Cheek, isn't it? Just, yeah. <laughs> you know, hang the... Uh, Hang the cost of uh, the wages or whatever, and just take a you know what is he twenty three year old something like that like yeah, an up and coming yeah, yeah. England international as he was, and just drop him straight into your team and uh, yeah he uh, no after effects from Max Lowe headbutting the back of his head anyway just bounced <laughs> off him yeah um, let's give out our alternative man of the match from this game who uh, who who do you want to nominate you said Berger there was probably our best player yeah who's, who's your alternative but it's a joint joint award for me this week. Mm. And it's Burnley and West Brom. Oh, okay. 
for just thank you for not winning one of you and having a, a, a rubbish nil nil draw because I think that's that would have been even more depressing, wouldn't it? If one of those goes and smashes the other three nil or something like that. Yeah, you're uh, you're stealing my thunder on the next section actually, but it's okay. Oh, really? Right? All right. Yeah, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on board with it. Um, I'm going to. Uh, I, I think I have to give this award to Alexander Mitrovic. To be honest, we mm. <clears throat> we owed so so much to him in this game, missing a penalty. Missing a load of other chances, generally not being that much of a threat apart from the sounds stupid, but you know he, he didn't have a dominant game, did he? He just uh, no. ended up getting a couple of chances late on that I was expecting to see go in the back of the net because yeah. I've already got PTSD from the start of this season. It seems like, <laughs> um, but yeah, if he, um, you know, if he's got his shooting boots on, then uh, we lose this game and. It's zero points from five, and we just lost to probably the worst team in the league at home. So, cheers, Alexander. I do appreciate that one. <laughs> You've done us a favour there. Um, so, yeah, the, the next thing was uh, to finish off this week very quickly was who won the week in the Premier League. And, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build on what you said there, mate. My winner is Monday's sense of normality <laughs> with uh, a nil-nil and a one-nil. Like, you know, the Premier League still being... at work. Yeah. Sorry, I were at work and Burnley West Brom were playing, and I just came out to a Wednesday fan at work, and I just said, uh, "If I said to you, Burnley West Brom, what score are you going for? Nil nil. Yep, correct. <laughs> the first nil nil of the Premier League season. I think it's the the longest that's ever ever gone without a game, something like 140 games or something like that. Yeah, I'm going to say I thought it might be us, but we can't keep a clean sheet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, but yeah, you know, all weekend it's like, oh, here's another three three and. You know, I said this to you, didn't I? I didn't watch the Spurs-West Ham game. But, you know, when I heard afterwards that Spurs, uh, West Ham scored three goals in eight minutes come from 3-0 down, I was just like, well, yeah, like, that's that's this mm. w- new weird incarnation of football. Like, that happens every other game at the moment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I watched day, the- I think, all round on Saturday. West Ham getting that by. Villa getting a last minute. I don't think Villa realistically are going to be down there this season now, but... You know, they got like a last-minute winner and stuff. And you, just everything that's happened all season, you're like, it's worse. And Wednesday won, you know, worse, worse, worse. And then thank you to Burnley and West Brom for, you know, they're probably as frustrated as we are at the moment. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, th- this is it. It's not just that sense of normality for me as my winner of the week. But but for the first time this season, two results that made me feel better about myself. I genuinely mm. don't think I can look at any other game in the Premier League this season and been like, yeah, that result made me feel happy. But yeah. yeah, Burnley and West Brom having what I assume was a dispiriting draw. I'm afraid I did not pay £15 for the privilege of watching this. But <laughs> I would imagine if we were in that position, we would be like, oh, that's terrible. Like, no positives you can take from that apart from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then Leeds losing to Wolves as well is, uh, is always nice in a 1-0 defeat. And I, I just want to... My, my final thing I'm going to say this week... Um, and this struck me last night, uh, and I sent it to you. Obviously, we're only six points behind Leeds right now, um, and the extension of that is if John Lundstrom's shot is not miraculously saved by the Leeds goalkeeper, and we win that game, one nil, say we're level on points with Leeds United. Leeds United, who are having a dominant season, who are chasing Europe, who are the greatest promoted side in the history of the Premier League. Yeah. We would be level on points with them if. We'd and this won is the thing: game. it's easy to look at these results, <clears throat> and I think the Arsenal game were really poor. Wolves, we shot ourselves in the foot immediately. Like, this game, we were awful in the second half. But I think in every one of them, other than the Arsenal one and the Wolves one, you could pick up nine points easily for those three games, couldn't you? 
Yeah, this, I mean, huge, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda about this. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. Uh, we didn't, we haven't because we're not good enough, basically. Yeah. We've been good enough to win those games. But this is why I think, like, last season, things are a little bit different. Last season, we scored that penalty against Filler and hold on for a 1 0. And I was going, oh my God, back to the wall performance, brilliant. Mm. Leeds, Lundstrom scores again, you know, and then we go 2 0 up with Baldock. You're like, oh, yeah, easy win, 2 0. And then the the game on uh, on Sunday, we're probably two goals up in that as well. And it's just, you know, the things, we're not taking his chances. It's not luck or anything like that. We're, you know, we're, we're conceding more chances than we were last season, undoubtedly. Mm. And our old failings of not scoring has come back to really bite us so far this year. Yeah, it's, it's that old, uh, you know, the blessing and the curse thing again, isn't it? It's that we're very good at playing, at staying in games, I would say. Mm, you know, yeah. we've, we've, it very rarely happens... Maybe not won. this weekend. But. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll just sort of, uh, you know, it might well happen in the next three games that we actually do get blown away at some point. I mean, yeah. it, you know, I'm kind of surprised it didn't happen at any stage last season. But, mm. you know, we we stay in games, but that also means that the opposition tend to stay in games with us as well. You know, yeah. we should have been out of sight against Fulham. We weren't. We should have been at least a goal up by half time against Leeds. We weren't. And that leaves the opportunity for. You know, one lapse, one moment of magic, and yeah, we end up conceding the first goal and getting one or zero points. But yeah, yeah I just wanted to, uh, you know, so we've got the it, fifth best defense defense in the league. Same amount of goals conceded as Everton. Unbelievable, but also yeah, not that unbelievable because nah. all our games are fairly boring. <laughs> this wasn't <laughs> yeah, I, too I bad. I think for a neutral, you're probably thinking that's a decent game on Sunday. I've seen worse. It was more yeah. exciting than the Arsenal game for sure. Yeah. Um, and possibly slightly less annoying, but I don't know. Well, <laughs> maybe I should go back and listen to how grumpy I felt after that one. Um, I put Radio Sheffield on after just to see what they were saying. And Keith Edwards was talking like we'd, we were absolutely superb. I was so confused because I was like, I thought, maybe I've just been really negative. And then I looked online and I actually been quite positive compared to everyone online. But. <laughs> What was I'm afraid, uh, and this is sacrilegious. I've not read the view from Fulham yet. What was the? Did they feel they uh, were unlucky to only get a point? They do and they don't. Same as us. They thought they were awful first half. They were, they were really disappointed they didn't hold on. I think they, they were saying at half time they'd have taken a point, and then in the second half, one 0 up, didn't look like losing it, and then they're all going mad about VAR, which I completely understand. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I'm they were really fair. Hating. I think I think they had every right to be saying. You know, we were the better side and we deserve to win that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my winner of the week in the Premier League. Sense of normality and some uplifting results for, for once. It only took, like, five rounds of games. What about you? Who's your who's your winner from the Premier League this weekend? You mentioned it earlier. I'm glad you didn't expand on it. You didn't storm the thunder like I did with yours. Uh, Jordan Pickford. <laughs> we... I think for very similar reasons to what you said about McBurney, that he should be all over the the news <laughs> the main news forget coronavirus should be about Jordan Pickford you know those two mistakes that he made uh, the, the karate kick and then the, the ridiculous goalkeeping for the controversial disallowed goal I think with different refereeing or whatever he's looking at another two unbelievable errors I think he's massively been saved by VAR yeah he owes he owes a lot to VAR this weekend yeah so he's coming out of that game thinking <laughs> well, yeah, and also, you know, it's, I think it's it's still in the news with uh, obviously Van Dijk suffering a, a terrible yeah, injury course, yeah. um, off the back of it. Um, but yeah, you're right. It should, you know, it should be Jordan Pickford mockery hour, really, shouldn't it, for yeah. blowing the uh, blowing the Merseyside derby and uh, popping the balloon on Everton's Everton's new season. I feel like I've I feel like I'm on a metaphor run today. I'm just like <laughs> dropping metaphors left and right. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, Almost like uh, what did Andy Giddings say in the commentary? 
Uh, it's a lever-arched it on to someone. Love that. Lever-arched yeah. it on. Yeah, Baldock lever-arches it on to, uh, to Berger. So... I said to you before, like he always says, and the ball screams across the area. It's like I've never heard that before. Ever. I like, I like that. That's that's quite evocative. What's that? Though? Yeah. Giving, someone, giving someone the slip. Oh yeah, right. when he goes, here he is now. He tries to give him the slip. What's brilliant about it is you know exactly what he's trying to say. You know, he, you know, he paints a city. He's like, I don't know. He's like Wordsworth, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Ending with some poetry. I like it. Um, yeah, Pickford. He, he was he was the winner. He you know he's he's made a big stride towards derailing Liverpool's season, I think it's fair to say. He obviously mm. uh, enhanced uh, Everton's chances of winning that um, that winning that derby. He did make some good saves as well. He it did, was, to be fair. I, did, was, I were going to mention that. He pulled one particularly really good save off. It was a very Pickford performance, I thought, watching mm. it, where it's like, it just... I, I th- this is the best way I think I can describe it. Is He just makes the... He makes the act of being a goalkeeper just look so hard. <laughs> like I wouldn't say I've never seen anyone make it look as hard as he does. Where like yeah. everything is like really exaggerated, and you know just makes some bizarre decisions. But then he does also make some good saves as well. But yeah, it's uh, it's it, uh, interesting. Like obviously Ramsdale's come from, in my opinion, unjustifiably a, a bit of stick this season. What must Everton fans be thinking about Pickford? Get him out of here. <laughs> well, I know I'd be big, so I'd be thinking, we can't seriously challenge for a Champions League place while he's always due a mistake like that. Yeah, chucking one in his own net, essentially, which is what he did for that. Yeah. Um, can you imagine how that would have been with a crowd, by the way? That, that, that goal disallowed by VAR. Yeah. For like yeah. a... What was it like? An upper arm, a millimeter offside. I, I didn't watch the game. Um, I just, I only just finished first. I listened to talk sports. Sam Matafei said, "Everyone's looking forward to this. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Although, obviously, it won't be as good as the uh, as usual with no crowd. It's just like completely played it down after he'd like built it up. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, Liverpool petitioning the Premier League to get VAR reevaluated yeah, or something. Yeah, like. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, mm. a, a lot of people have kicked off about that. But if it, you're not going to change it for us, are they? So. <laughs> Yes, yeah, true. Maybe they're uh, maybe they are taking one for the team actually, Liverpool. Yeah. We can uh, get rid. Right, mate. Let's let's finish there. Um, yeah, good to good to get that one out of the system. I mean, look, we we got a point. It's better than zero. We did play really well in that first half. We're gonna have to take our lumps for the next few weeks, I think. But you never know, dear. I mean, these there's vulnerabilities about the teams we're playing next, uh, and I think if we had some more dynamism about us. I think we would be going into them thinking, you just never know. You know, there's an opportunity mm-hmm. to nick a goal on a counter-attack here to, you know, exploit some of that defensive weakness that a team like Chelsea is exhibiting week after week at the moment. But, yeah, I think ultimately we're probably... Uh, it's going to be a tough three games in it. And uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking, actually, Burnley's next to a Tottenham and Chelsea as well. So, you know, mm. all is not lost. I mean, obviously, West Brom got a couple of nice games. Uh, sorry, uh, Fulham got a couple of nice games where they've got um, Crystal Palace and then West Brom. Mm. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, if they're beating Crystal Palace, they get dragged back into it and stuff, so... When West Brom's next two is Brighton away, and Fulham got two away games, obviously Brighton away and Fulham away. Yeah, let's get through these three. Then we've got that international break. Hopefully, uh, hopefully players return from injury rather than go away and get more injured. Mm. And then uh, in a whole month's time, West Ham at home is the season starts. Then might might well be what it was, what it is. And let's just get as many bonus points as we can in the next couple of weeks. 
and uh, yeah, that that would be nice if we can get more than zero points out of those next three. But yeah, I won't, it's mad, uh, isn't it? Like, would you take two points after eight games? Yep. <laughs> yeah, from here, absolutely. Of course, we would, for sure. Um, what have you got to plug, mate? Nothing. I've just heard, I've got the full view, which you know, a fair views. Uh, can't can't complain. But yeah, I'm not going to lie and say it's a, a masterpiece. Uh, but yeah, that's at www.royviewfrom.com or at Panchero on Twitter. Good man. So yeah, Liverpool yeah. on Saturday evening. Yes. Well, we're not playing at Eight noon. o'clock. In it, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's alright. Get excuse to have a drink. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, it's true. On the stupid noon kickoff. Um, is this on TV? Not Don't think so. I think it's another. Uh, paper stream. Mm. <laughs> <Paper> <laughs> <illegal>. <laughs> I read something actually earlier on. We were in the mail, so probably don't take much credence of it. That um, they're on about scrapping it already because the the uptake's been that low. But again, it could be sensational headlines. I don't know. I would love to know how many people have paid to watch. They're um, not going to release that. <laughs> I know, I know. They'll only release if it's good. I mean, I guess, I guess, Man U Newcastle might have been okay just because. But then actually, no, because. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, it's a Man U, obviously, global club or whatever, but if you don't live in England, then all these games are shown for, like, yeah. $5 or whatever. On, well, uh... that's exactly the same that I expect to you on Man United, Liverpool City, but because of the global fan base. But in most places, certainly show all these games. Like in America and stuff like that as well, it's free anyway, so... Yeah, it's just included in whatever your sports package yeah. is out there anyway, which is dirt cheap anyway, so... Yeah, I, I want to know that. I'm, des- I'm desperate to know how many people paid for uh, United Fulham and, uh, and indeed Burnley, West Ham. So if, if anybody, I don't know anybody personally. I know a lot of United fans, and no one I knew know paid for it. I mean, if you had to guess, United, United Fulham, what, what would you put the number at? Seven. No, um, <laughs> I'd say about thousand. Yeah, I was going to say five hundred. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think maybe I'm going a bit too far then. Don't see it being any more than a couple of foul. Uh, maybe I've been ridiculously low. So I, I think if... you might be right. I mean, the only thing I'm thinking of, and a bit ageist, but um, all, yeah, I don't know how sort of over 60s or whatever. My dad, for instance, would well, he probably could get a stream. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, like, would he just pay for it or would he get a stream? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. I'm, I, re- I really want to know. I mean, uh, if if anybody out there has stumbled across those figures, do uh, do tweet us at Panchero at BlazePod because I'm I'm super curious. And yeah, I hope it gets scrapped. They can they can uh, stuff it. To be honest, fifteen quid is yeah. ridiculous. Even I hope it falls flat. Team. Definitely, I hope it falls flat on the face. To be fair, yeah, that would make me feel a tiny bit better about the way football is going <laughs> at the moment. There we go. Good place I'm to finish. Null and void crew. Yeah. Here we go. Now we're all right, mate. Don't worry. Okay, we'll get through these three games, then we'll uh, we'll be we'll be on his way up the league. I'm still uh, I'm still feeling good about that. If we'd played like total crap in this game, then I wouldn't be. But there were some shoots there, as always. Yeah. And uh, you know, talking about it's made me feel a bit better as well. So I'm quite relaxed to the next couple of games as well because I've completely wrote them off in my own head. So it's all I'll, I'll be watching him, but I'll be like, so uh, it'll not. I'm quite nervous. I think on the, uh, the following game, I'm quite down. I don't think I'll get as down unless we're not. I say this, we're going to lose to a last minute goal, aren't we? Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm. Yeah, I'd, I'd be going into these games like looking for something to take out of them. If you get me, like yeah, you know, not not like uh, not watching it as in uh, I want to see us win more. I mean, obviously, I do want to see that, but expecting to see us win or something. Yeah, yeah of course, of course, it's more like. 
show me some signs, show me some positive shoots that we're, you know, we have a game plan or we're playing well or giving ourselves a, a chance for the rest of the season, that kind of thing. So mm. that's what I will be doing, watching uh, Liverpool versus Sheffield United on Saturday evening. Right, mate, let's uh, let's finish there. Thanks very much for your time. As always, much appreciated, and uh, I will speak to you very soon. Thank you, mate. Thanks a lot. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks, as always, to you for downloading and listening as well. And finally, thank you to another of our sponsors at BlazePod, and that is Beer52. As you know, the start of the new football season is here, and what better way to celebrate and watch the match than with some of the best beer on the planet. Beer52 have the perfect beer for any occasion, and they're offering eight free craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com slash bladespod, cover just the $5.95 for the postage, and they will send you a case of eight free beers. Beer52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every single month. Each month's case has a different theme, and as an independent British company, Beer52 are passionate about the UK craft beer scene, which they continue to support during this difficult period. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose a light option, plus your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. Don't worry though, if you do change your mind, uh, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer52.com slash blazepod to get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's the word beer, then the numbers 52.com slash blazepod. Blades Pod.